Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are two superheroes with the power to kill a yak from 200 yards away with mind bullets. It's Chris Brodell. Wonder Boy. (laughs) (laughs) And Shane Beauregard. What up? I, I just want to let you guys know off the bat, I saved you guys because I was going to do my shitty Sly impression, Ooh. but I've already turned two people off the Rocky franchise because I did that nothing hits as hard as life speech. Oh my God. Ad nauseum. Ah. So what on the, I saved it. On the old podcast or just in life? Just in life. I went through a phase for like a month and a half where I would repeat that speech on a daily basis yeah. in my worst Rocky impression. Yeah, right. This was yeah. last month. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, that was the thing. Like between Sly and Arnie, it's all like everybody has their impression of it, and we're all probably not good at it. But it's so fun to do it. It is. It is. So I, you know, very sad. Because even when you said I, my immediate reaction was yeah. just like just yeah. make the guttural <laughs> yeah. noises. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you say, whether you know uh. the speeches or not. Just go. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Right. Because every Fuck. everybody feels like just act like your punch drunk uncle, and and there you go, <laughs> you nailed it, right? <laughs> hey, uh, right. You're right. You know she gave you five dollars in the card, so uh, you know thank her. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, that's wrong. Perfect. Uncle. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty caring uncle. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what you're here for, right? That's what our audience is here for. Yep. For advice on familiar relations through yeah. Sylvester Stallone. So you're welcome for that. Uh, but if you're interested in the rest of the episode, what we're doing today, uh, later on in the episode, we're going to kind of give you a three-pack of reviews on the some of the latest titles in streaming all across apps. So be sure to stick around for that. But up top, as you've probably already imagined, we are going to talk about the latest Sylvester Stallone movie, Samaritan. Uh, directed by Julius Avery, who did Overlord, which if you want other content of uh, me speaking, I was on the Review It Yourself podcast over there in the UK where I did uh, Overlord, where I was championing it, which I know these two gentlemen I think would do the same, and uh, I was on an island. So if you want to hear me just struggling to defend Overlord for 45 minutes, be sure to check that review out. Um, but we will do that and we'll kind of do kind of a contrast to compare with a very tough genre of not a lot of movies, the non-comic book superhero movie. So we'll get into all that right now as we start our recent activity. All right, we've stepped into the wheelhouse of Shane Beauregard right now. We are in Sly Stallone zone uh, where, you know... I would say I don't I don't I can't speak for Chris, but I will say Sylvester Stallone has always been a constant presence in my life. But as the youngest person of the three of us, uh, you know, being born in eighty two, a lot of Sylvester Stallone's greatest hits were like over and done before I was like in middle school. So, you know, it's it's tough to have a full relationship. Plus there was like the are you an Arnie guy or are you a sly guy or people both are they they're always like trying to fight for the spotlight during the you know the 80s and 90s and to be honest i was more of an arnie guy because i will i will watch t2 all day you know versus like maybe you know i could watch first blood all day i have certain favorites of mine 
But that argument, I always kind of lean Arnie because I felt like he was more in on the joke. He was a little less self-serious, yeah. which I know, again, is stupid when you think about stuff like Oscar or throw mom from the train or whatever. So, you know, but we'll get into all that. But Sly is back. He is on Amazon Prime doing Samaritan, uh, the latest kind of like we were talking about, a, a non-comic book superhero movie. Uh, about a young boy that learns that a superhero who is thought to have gone missing after an epic battle 20 years ago uh, may, in fact, still be around. And Stallone is in this movie. Javon Walton is the young boy that they mention here. He of Euphoria, if you've seen him. Uh, he plays Sam Cleary in here. And this is Julius Avery, as we noted up top. Overlord, I thought, was an incredible film. I liked that movie a lot. This is his first movie since then. Uh, so not a giant resume to speak of, but I was anticipating this movie based on that. And he brought aboard his boy, uh, Palau Azbek, uh, who was in Overlord as kind of the, the villain asshole in that movie, uh, and bringing him to be also a jerk in this movie as Cyrus, uh, the villain here. He was also Euron Greyjoy for any of those Game of Thrones fans. The early reviews on this are not incredibly kind and i don't know where we all stand yet so that'll be an interesting conversation to see if it reflects the same uh but for those who care uh it is a 37 rotten tomato score mm. with a 78 rotten tomato audience score that is higher than i thought it'd be even for the audience but i guess if you're a sly guy you're a sly guy you know you'll go for anything um 46 metascore 5.9 imdb and a 2.5 on letterbox so pretty middling grade there as well but like i said right up top this is the shane zone so i'm gonna let you know clear the lane and let him just cook here and, and talk lead us in here shane where's your relationship with sly these days where's it always been are you just always got you know as bill simmons calls it season tickets every movie you're watching I've, yeah i've always got season tickets uh and it's like you said growing up i was i am more of an arnie guy i will just put that out there yeah but if I had to pick a favorite franchise from the two, it's Rocky. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Arnie doesn't – like, he has T2 and he has – you know, he has fran- – but he does not have anything like Rocky. I'm sorry. So, like, Sly, he's my guy. He's my guy. And I love right. every Rambo movie except for the last one, Home Alone. Uh, did not care for that. <laughs> um, yeah. The only, the only movies I don't like that Sly was in is he does not do comedy very well. Like Oscar and um, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot just. Oh, yeah. I'm an asshole. Like, why did uh, nobody tell me I was you were on a saying roll. throw Mama on from a the train? I know. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. Can't stop yeah. the train. Like, Tango and Cash, Cobra, like outside of the, the Rocky and Rambo franchises. Tango and Cash is probably one of my favorite buddy cop or whatever buddy buddy action movies. Yeah. So when this movie came out, I had the bar set to like mid-level you know what i mean yeah and i do like the expendables i'm sorry chris but like i do like the nostalgia of having those guys together i make no apologies for it sure so i was semi-excited about this movie and i think i told you guys off off the mics that this felt like a movie that was stuck in the 90s but not in a good way yeah like demolition man is a better example of like a 90s movie that he did that works sure and I think he was the least of the problems with this movie. Like Sly's performance was actually okay. I thought it was okay. Like it was, it was passable. I did not like the kid who plays Sam, uh, Javon Wana Walton, Walton yeah. which is his middle yeah. name. I mean, he, he was terrible. 
Uh, I do like Cyrus because I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, and Euron Greyjoy was a great villain in that series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But just the whole setup of this movie just did not do it for me. Like, Granite City, which if I lived in this city, I might relocate the Bridgeport. <laughs> That's how bad <laughs> this city looked. It's like no redeemable anything about this city. I did like, as we get into this movie, I, I saw the twist kind of coming. Um, and I didn't mind it. I actually prefer. I actually preferred the way this movie ended. But man, it, to me, it was a missed opportunity because, like you, I loved Overlord. Like I champion that movie as much as you do. It's a great hidden gem of a movie. Yeah. When it came out, I was expecting a little bit more. Some of the action scenes in this movie are fine, but the whole setup and story and the villain is so one note. It, it just. <sighs> You know, as they get into it, it's like he's just a guy. He's just a guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I the whole Cyrus character is just a guy. I'm like, what are you going to do? Like, he just tore. There was one scene at the end where he like Sly, like cleared the building of 100 people. And he's like, you're just an old man. What are you going to like? He just killed 100 people, dude. Like, yeah. what are you talking yeah. about? Like the, the dialogue wasn't there for me. This movie let me down quite a bit. And again, I didn't have high expectations because it was on Amazon Prime. I just figured it'd be a passable throwback 90s movie and it just misses mark uh every everyone but sly i thought yeah i mean it's so tough when sly is 76 years old and even for the conceit here of being like oh he's been gone for 20 years yeah sure that yeah. deep fake made him look like he was like 35 not 55 and <laughs> jesus although i got i got a shout out steroids my god yeah. like he he still looks pretty damn good and youthful. I guess it'd be HGH maybe these days, to be fair to him. Something to where whatever the yeah, current HGH. incarnation of keeping Sly alive and kicking, literally, um, you know, the the fact that he looks that youthful uh, makes me I – ju I just should start taking drugs is is what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying. I should probably That's start the moral right now. Yes, exactly. Yeah, take HGH if you want and to, take a lot of it. Yeah, you want to take anything away, any lessons? Because it's not any of the lessons he gave that kid I'm taking away. I barely remember them. Because um, I will say, yeah, man, the, the dialogue in here is brutal. They don't give him a lot of, like, even just simple mantras to say. <laughs> like, it, it's more just, you know, no, I'm not who you think I am, and you know, don't, don't, you know, run away, suck a punch, people, whatever. Like, you know, it's fine. Like, it wasn't very fatherly. It wasn't very, you know, like this. Uh, what is it? The samurai and cub thing that we've seen a million times. It's not even yeah. Mandalorian esque or whatever. We're just seeing an old man who's hung around too long. You know, just trying to. You know, occasionally dial it up for our, our benefit because the best part is when Sly goes barreling through walls and goes ham on a gang in an old factory building. I mean, other than that, uh, you know, it's it's pretty weak. It's a very basic script. It tries to overcomplicate itself by doing a, a switch and a twist at the end. And, you know, the action's okay and weirdly believable considering Sly's age. But, you know, uh, I think I said this to you go guys off uh the the myth building like the opening thing about the brothers i thought that would have made for a better movie but of course you're not getting sylvester stallone if you're making that movie but you know maybe go make that movie now but of course this movie is not doing that concept if they're like oh we'll make the prequel now don't 
don't don't do that. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't do that now. We're all done. We're not coming back. Sorry. Um, or at least maybe me and Shane aren't. What do you think, Chris? Where, where did you land on this one? <sighs> I saw the trailer, and I was like, oof. <laughs> Yeah, that looks like it's perfect for streaming. Like, yeah, you know, you're questioning. You're like, Stallone, they, theater, right? And it's like, no, yeah. no, I understand. Although, when was the last time he was in a theater? The last Expendables, I would assume. Yeah, uh, Creed. I believe no. Creed. Uh, oh yeah Creed. yeah, Creed. All right, Creed yeah. two. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, the last Stallone movie in the theater, I believe, was the shitty. Rambo movie, the Home Alone Rambo. Oh, was movie. it? Okay, that was like a couple years. That ago. could be. Yeah, that was like three yeah, or, yeah, that was like three or four years ago. Yeah, probably about four. Yeah, but again, you no, know, it's yeah. sad though. It's I even drawn. bought in on the one he uh, did in um, uh, Burma. I fucking love that one. I, I like that I, one. Hey, I was like, I can't believe I, I like this that movie, one, dude. Yeah, it's not great, but I yeah, lo- that, I liked it. I enjoyed no, it. But it came out of left field, and oh, when he grabbed that fifty cal at the end, it just fucking yeah. knocked everyone down. Yeah, fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 actually a better version. It's almost the better version of this story. It's he laid low. He didn't want anything to do. He's been in hiding, and then you awoke the beast, and then he fucking kills everyone. Because that is a great parallel. That that is a great parallel. Listen, he's fine in starring roles. He's fine in guest appearances. Uh, you know, pop in, say a line or two, get out, whatever. But yeah, as soon as Shane said that. Uh, about it being like you know have that 90s feel but not in a good way um yeah i think you just left it open-ended when you said that you're just like oh it feels like a 90s film i'm like okay all right that can't be too bad but i liked a lot of 90s films i grew up in that era (laughs) and there are a varied variety and i think i said to you guys off air it felt like if last action hero didn't have any fun or charm (laughs) like it, it has the little kid it has the older action star and trying to like get away from the bad guy or try to make things work and teach a few lessons or whatever, but it, it's it's like the Lucas of lukewarm uh, versions of Last Action Hero, and and a lot of people even said it's closer like Judge Dredd than even like some of the other terrible ones. But a lot of people I know would clearly pick Judge Dredd over this. I- so. I no, there's no felt, good comparison because this movie's not good. I definitely so that's the hard the, uh, the whole last action hero aspect of it because, but in last action hero, you know, we understand that it's a kid in a movie trying to pro- point out that everyone's in the movie, and yeah, no it's one a believes fantasy. Him. And in and you're in on the joke as the audience right. in that movie too, because you're going into this action fantasy land, you're t- and it's heightened reality, and then going back and forth between that reality and the real one. It's a lot more fun. It's a lot more inventive. I, yeah. I hate to even say the word, but I was just like, what other movie where it's like a younger guy with like a super built, like superhero ish, older guy? Like, is there another one? Steel that you could think okay. of. <laughs> Uh, sort of. No, nah, I know. I guess. But uh, with this one, it was just like the kid suspects that his neighbor is this Samaritan that's been gone for how many years. And right. it's almost that level of, it is you. It is you. And nothing proves that yeah. it is. But he keeps on trying to point it out. He keeps on tailing him. He keeps on uh, trying to prove that he's right. And then, lo and behold, uh, something happens where it's like, you are him. Great. 
Right. Teach me how to be brave. Teach me this. It's like, really? Right. You could have learned that from any stranger. You, why do you have to go to this guy specifically? It's yeah, like, and I understand it's the push-pull between yeah. him and Cyrus and trying to, you know, show shades of whatever his origin yeah. story was. But I, I didn't feel it. I wasn't feeling but it in the fights. Just, I wasn't feeling it in the dialogue. It was just right. an obvious thing they were trying. They didn't set it up right. It's like you said earlier, Andrew. It's like Sly was supposed to be like his father figure, you know, since Sam didn't have a father. Right. They tried to play into that, but they just did not set it up. And like you said, Sly could give – he gave two shits, really. Yeah. I mean, the lesson on the roof, that wasn't even a lesson. It's like you said. It's like he took him up there and nothing happened. I yeah. just – in the whole Cyrus, like you said, the push-pull of Cyrus's character too – they, I actually like him as an actor, like I said, and I, I thought they could have done more with that character, but they turned him into a one-note, bad dialogue villain, and right. it was just utterly ridiculous. I, I just, you know, and the whole hammer that was forged from fury and rage, I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. And, and because they needed to do this whole kind of twist ending thing, the, they lost all the opportunity to have moments where Sly is kind of looking back more and kind of trying to sort through his own feelings and why he's in hiding and do all that. They could have told that in a in a less linear fashion once they got to the present. They did like one flashback and even then it was to more throw us off than it was to like prove something or illuminate something. So I think they could have done more if they just didn't play, you know, an hour and 20 minute gambit of hiding the football you know yeah mm -hmm. and uh cyrus was doing his best uh fagin from uh oliver twist <laughs> it, it was yeah. like he has his minions go out and do his dirty work but he has this plan that really wasn't cohesive uh right to get this hammer to get uh to bring back uh the nemesis yeah right the the nemesis yeah. Nemesis. Yeah. yeah. Nemesis. Nemesis. Um, Nemesis. I'm doing Nemesis. mystery men now. Nemesis. Yeah. Nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it just, none of it made sense. And even when they finally clash, you're like, okay, is this over yet? Like, that's yeah. how I felt. Uh, oh, yeah. And everybody's dying in that yeah. fire, by the way. Everyone's yeah. dead. Oh, yeah. There, there's no, that kid is dead. Smoke inhalation. <laughs> no chance. Yep. Bur burned to a crisp, you know, just and if anything and if you touch, Sly on, <laughs> yeah. And if Sly gets, uh, you know, has to have ice cream when he lives in, you know, the gray granite city and to uh, cool himself <laughs> down, then being in a burning building for, you know, what's felt like an hour, yeah. um, you know, you're probably probably not living. That's all I'm, I'm saying. And a lot, I know a lot of people online put that out there. People even put that in the trivia facts for IMDb, like. You know this is bullshit, right? Like, yeah. you know you have a bad movie when people are trying to sneak it into the IMDb trivia facts. Yeah. Like, hey, you know this movie sucks, and here's why. Yeah. So that that's a that's a slick move there to uh, the people of IMDb. Quality job there, fellas. Yeah. But I figure let's let's put the grades out there because obviously we're not you know that impressed. But I figure the conversation we can then kind of turn it to being in this subgenre that we were kind of talking about of these like non-comic book superhero movies that a lot of them we really like and then there's ones where you're just like god but they don't make a lot of them and these bad ones are probably the reasons why um shane i'll start with you where'd you land on a grade buddy 
I was going back and forth with this one because it hurts. It hurts my heart. I just want you to know that that I'm I putting know. straight on slide. Like it hurts my heart. Uh, I gave it a two. I gave it a yep. two out of, of out of five. I wanted to give it a two and a half. I really did, but there just wasn't enough there for me to boost it up. So. Sorry, Sly. I know. I and I defended Julius Avery. People saying, like, oh, the trailer looks like shit. But I'm like, yeah, but did you see Overlord? I said so many of those things over and over again. And I'm with you, buddy. Same here. Two, you know, not much to there to talk it up at all. Chris, you on the same page? Wavelength here? I can't believe it. Three twos. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, oh, really. I, I was kind of teetering on, like, you know, it was half a film. Uh, so I was gonna say two point five, but no, it 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 like severely it's lacked actually in less story. Than that. <laughs> no, no, no. It, yeah, it it severely lacked in story. Uh, there was some cool moments. You know, it wasn't terrible, terrible because I've seen some terrible. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's a two. I felt like the only quote cool moments was just whenever Sly would be able to get off the chain. Other than that, I didn't. Right. I didn't care. There, there was no like. Oh, but there was that poignant moment. Whatever. I think there was one scene. I think I said to Shane or whatever, where it was like, oh, that one scene with the the woman who is kind of like the, the like girlfriend ish kind of character to Cyrus or what have you. Yeah. Uh, even though they're all family, so I don't know what that makes it. it seems very. Uh, yeah. I don't know, incestuous. But we'll see. Take that to the side. There's a scene where she's kind of like having a conversation with Sam and kind of being very pointed of like. You know, I was living in a car. Cyrus saved me. We're family here. Don't screw up my family. That was at least had a pulse, but I wouldn't call it a yeah. good scene. But in a movie like this, no. that's like the closest <laughs> things you can latch onto besides him running through walls and punching people. <laughs> right. And that whole scene with the, the kids hanging out. Do you know what that reminded me of? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Where Shredder had all the kids and they're skateboarding <laughs> around. Yeah, they're yeah. Like, yeah. You the know, Foot the Clan Lost boys. Yeah, yeah. The Foot Clan. That's what. Yeah, that they're the Foot Clan. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That whole thing. You had so Bebop bad. and Rocksteady beating the kid up outside, and then you know he's got to go fight the big boss when he gets in there. Yeah, that makes sense. But it felt that kind of cartoonish city too, right? You know, yeah. we're yeah. in. Uh, you know. Uh, I get whatever the turtles were in. Is that supposed to be Manhattan? Because they talk about it like that. I forget whether it's traditionally New York City or not. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm a terrible '90s kid, I guess. But <laughs> now that we got that out of the way, we're not talking turtles anymore because that was a comic book superhero movie, technically. Um, the the genre we're talking about here, though, are like the non comic book superhero movies, and. There are some that I will I will talk up to death. Uh, I know Chronicle is like a favorite of mine. You know, there's uh, Unbreakable is probably my favorite M Night Shyamalan movie, in which this movie feel it it probably wants to say that it's influenced by Unbreakable, but go fuck yourself if you think you're even close to the to the vibe just because you had kind of this unknowing, reluctant superhero that's you know made out of stone. No. We're not we're not playing that game. We're not doing that. But there are some really strong versions of it. But Shane, I'll ask you, like, what is it that makes a movie better than what we just had here? Like, what was the missing ingredient that like the ones that we like in this genre have that this just oh, didn't? God, uh, it's like you said, I, I felt like they were going for that unbreakable vibe. But Jesus Christ, they missed the mark on that. Really, it's just strong writing. Like one of the movies that I like is James Gunn's Super, 
So if you're a James right. Gunn fan, his humor, his writing, the cast, they all are top notch. So as long as you right. have good writing, that's what makes it for me. Just get me invested in the character. Like like David Dunn in Unbreakable. I was invested yeah. in that character. All the way through the trilogy until they fucked him in that last movie, which I won't even get into <laughs> how they did Fair. that character. Because that still pisses me off. Yeah. But make me care about the character. Give me some strong writing. Give me now give me some dark humor because the super is a dark comedy. And we'll get into that later on the show, but that is a true definition of a dark comedy because that is a twisted, messed up movie yeah. uh, with Rain Wilson. Yeah. So that's what this movie was lacking. It just lacked a screenplay. It just lacked character development. Right. So give me that and you got me. Because it is hard to make a movie that's not based on a comic book and you're just starting from scratch. I mean, that's a lot of heavy lifting to get someone yeah. to care about that shit. Yeah, I guess it's just all about, like you said, it's it's all of what you said. I definitely echo what you're saying. But it's yeah, it's just simply a point of view and a proper tone. And this just like was just paint by numbers. So right. and, and even then they were painting outside the lines in a very sloppy way with basic children's watercolors i think chris yes. do, do you find like a corollary between like what works in this genre and why this one didn't yeah i mean i'm not trying to rewrite uh the movies that i see but like when i see samaritan i'm like they could have stretched out the fact that like is this guy this missing superhero is he not but right up front you're like oh that's him Okay. Right. So when is the big review? You don't have happen? Sylvester Stallone if you don't. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you know, you get Joe Schmo and be like, oh, he's, he's kind of built. He looks like a superhero <laughs> kind of guy, but, you know, he looks a little right. weathered. You know, stuff like that. But I always uh, sing the praises of a movie called Special starring Michael mm -hmm. Rapaport. And with that, that. It's a hard T, isn't it? What's that? It is a hard T. Port. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Stephen Colbert. It's Rappaport, right? Is it? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's from New York, so, you know, whenever. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Rappaport, yeah, if Rappaport. you want to talk about accent work, we can get on that yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, no, like, uh, in, in that, he's actually subdued. He's not really, you know, the Michael Rappaport that we, you know, all know. Uh, yeah. Loud, brash. Uh, he's subdued. He's, you know, taking this uh, this... Uh, experimental drug that may or may not give him superpowers. Right. Uh, the ability to phase through walls and whatnot. Uh, you don't know throughout the whole movie. And it's it's interesting yeah. to, to follow this character, which he's inherently a sad character. Like, you know, he's, he keeps to himself. His, his character's name is Les. I mean, how mm -hmm. on the nose can that be? First, yeah. who kind of keeps to himself, doesn't really uh, interact with others because he's he's just not he's introverted. He's he's ashamed. He's this, right? And throughout the whole movie, you're trying to figure out: is he crazy, or does he really have these powers? And I, I ask anybody who's just sounds interested in that premise to go check right. it out. Tell me the tagline for that movie was less is more. Oh my that god, was, it should have been. It should have been. Hold that on. was the first thing that came Let to me my look mind. That up. I, I <laughs> Especially that during that it. time period. God, yeah. Please help me out there. Oh, but you're right. A, you know what's funny too? Is at least all these other movies, especially Unbreakable. Unbreakable is just one two hour origin story. Yeah. 
like the origin story is this is an animated thing spoken from a boy that we're just getting shoved to us in the first five minutes. Yes. So I think they took all the fun out of what normally people are into on top of the fact that it didn't have the greatest dialogue or perspective uh, that a lot of these ones that we seem to like do. And it didn't even have the humor or charm or the attempt of such a version of, say, like even a Hancock, you know, which isn't great, but like, you know, at least it tries and it has Will Smith. You know, if you're going to put like a big star in it, usually that should get you halfway there. But when you're trying with a 76 year old version of Sly, who I haven't enjoyed one of his films in a long time, you know, diminishing returns. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what you're going to what you're going to get. Was that point, Shane, that you're going to try to take my head off or am I, am I on thin ice for saying that? Or are you agreeing with me? Telekinetic powers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're on thin ice, buddy. Yeah. Considering you're the closest one to us actually having a superhero body, I will then back <laughs> off and I will move on past the point because we got a lot still to talk about. Let's take a break here. And then when we come back, we got three of the latest streaming movies to review for you guys. So stick around and come back with us. like beer do you like podcasts do you like beer podcasts then check out crack and one open a podcast about brews news and pop culture reviews every week we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country and sometimes the world we'll talk about how it was made what's in it the history of the brew and the brewery then we'll give our tasting notes and while we're finishing up we'll talk about some of the latest goings on in the world of pop culture so check out crack and one open with mike and elise part of the forgotten entertainment family all right, as many times as we've done episodes recently where the theater <laughs> movies have let us down, let's deep dive into the streaming movies now. We got three reviews for the stuff that has come out uh, quite recently in the last couple weeks here. We have On the Count of Three, Orphan, First Kill, and Me Time uh, from Netflix. So we're all over the, the map in terms of the, the uh, streaming services. So we'll tell you which ones to, to watch on your couch with, uh, you know, nice beverage and uh hopefully a you know a nice uh little companion to your side i don't know where i'm going with this i'm trying to just uh set up a nice mood for you to enjoy uh, a streaming movie maybe not the mood that gerard carmichael would have suggested for the dark comedy on the count of three which just hit hulu as a hulu original this movie uh is a long time coming because this was a sundance movie not even this past year but the year before that so it's been like a year and a half i've been waiting to see this movie uh it is directed by carmichael starring carmichael and produced by carmichael if you're not aware of him of course he is a stand-up comedian uh who had his own sitcom uh the Gerard carmichael show for a while and now is venturing into movies this is his directorial debut and it's a darkly comic feature about two best friends val played by carmichael and kevin played by christopher abbott on the last day of their lives uh it's a suicide pack movie guys so maybe not the best movie to to watch with your honey but uh i thoroughly enjoy this i liked it a lot because we've talked about uh, a lot of these type of movies in the past where it's like, give me something with perspective. Give me something that has something to say. Give me a big swing and I'll champion every time. Even if it has some flaws to it, I will definitely recommend it above the the rest. And I know, Shane, you saw this too. How did you feel about On the Count of Three? 
I believe it or not, I do like movies like this when these movies come along that are just sure. character driven. I like Christopher Abbott. He was on the season one of The Sinner. That's the only thing I recognize him from. Okay. Now I like we just we talked off air. Uh, it's it's a hard stretch to call this a dark comedy. It's dark. It is, and it does have some funny it, it moments, does, but it's not for the. It faint has of heart. some laughs. Right, because when you say right. dark comedy, I think of movies like Death the Smoochie or The Cable Guy or something of that ilk. You know, I don't. Yeah, think something that's more movie. bent than being right. like just oh no, we're dealing with some really heavy stuff. And this one deals right, with a lot of heavy stuff. Because, like I said, and, Suicide Pact. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right from the beginning of the movie, you see what's going on. You they establish yeah. both characters' history, and you feel their friendship in this movie. Like I enjoyed the ride, even though you know how it's. You, you think you know how it's going to turn out, but I liked their ride together. I like the supporting cast in here of uh, Henry Winkler has a scene. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany Haddish, J.B. Yeah. Smooth. I thought she was really so, good. Limited, but good. She was. She, yeah. she was. So I was all in on this movie and it's a short ride. It's like an hour. What do we say? 20 something hour minutes? 20 hour it's, 25. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You're like you're in, you're out. But the two leads in this movie, Carmichael and Abbott, man, they just. It, it, you have to be in the right frame of mind to watch, sit down and watch a movie like this. Like you said, you're not going to sit down with your lady companion or your male companion, whatever fancies your, your you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I it's, know. It, I'm sorry. I brought that right up. Mind, <laughs> I know you have to be in the right mind spot for this, for this movie, because it is heavy mental health and suicide and just all that plays into this film, but they do it in a, I don't know, man, like I gravitated toward this movie. I really dug this movie. Yeah, they're delicate about the the tough subjects enough, but then also you feel for them for all the stuff that they've gone through and and what they continue to go through. And I think, especially in the current mental health crisis we are, especially coming out of COVID, you know, between either adolescent and everything else, there's a myriad of things that a lot of people are going through right now. And I don't know if this movie is going to make you feel any better or or take you on any kind of. Uh, you know, soul searching or whatever, but I definitely think that you could do worse for a movie that will make you think about maybe what you would do with limited time on this earth or what that limited time forces you to think about and really put in to, to why it's worth living or not and how these things play out. And I think this movie definitely has a lot in common with maybe like a Safdie's brother movie, like something like a good time or something. Um, but also, you know, cause again, it's, it's funny because they're not the sharpest tools in the shed. Um, but they're, you know, definitely, but it definitely has a lot to say and definitely touches a lot of different subjects. And I, I would highly recommend it, uh, to anyone who has a Hulu subscription or is, uh, looking to go that way. Shane, do you have something to say before uh, we hit up? No, the I was going to ask before we move along. Uh, what did you end up scoring this film? <sighs> Three point seven five. I could probably be talked to a four. I'm like okay. right in the middle there because you could tell it's a kind of a directorial debut. It's not the the most slick or like propulsive film, like a good time or any of that stuff. But I think I like so much of the content of the film and where it ends up that I would definitely score it higher than most you. I agree. I give it a four. I think it's a solid yeah. four. Uh, like you said, yeah. it has its flaws. It has little hangups, but uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. So four for me on this movie. Yeah. I, I'm, I could probably end up 
getting there, especially because I can't with like a letterbox or something, give it a three and a half or a four. Like I, I have to choose. I can't give it a 3.75. So if I had to say, I'd probably just for the effort alone and a movie that talks about a lot of things that people won't, I would probably just up it because of that, because I like to, to champion those things. Um, for our next one, Chris, you're taking the bat on this one because we haven't caught it just yet. Yeah. Uh, Orphan First Kill, which is on Paramount right now, where I believe it's available uh, PVOD on, like, say, Prime or whatever. You, um, this is, of course, the what is it like? Prequel. Fifteen years oh. in between, something like that. Yeah. Uh, from the original Orphan, because this is Orphan First Kill, yeah. uh, and brings back Isabel Furman, who played Esther in the original film. Um, also adding Julia Stiles into the fold uh, as Trisha Fulbright on this one. This is after orchestrating a brilliant escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility, Esther travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. I didn't see the first Orphan, but that plot alone just makes me go, that's pretty good for like a horror thriller. I would totally turn that on regardless of the outcome. Um, and real quick, I told you guys the story yesterday, but I love saying it for the audience. Never saw the first Orphan, but I had the poster in my house because my wife's name is Esther, and the poster right up top says something is wrong with Esther, and I did it just to taunt her. And I love, so I, I have an affection for this series without seeing a single frame. Um, but like I said, the scores have been good here. A, uh, a 71 Rotten Tomato score, 76 Rotten Tomato audience. Uh, 3.0 letterbox, uh, 6.0 on IMDb, and a 53 Metascore. So pretty good for especially a sequel that's been a long time coming. Where are you at, Chris? Okay, so let me uh, go back to 2009. With the first one, I, I saw it and I just looked at it as like, you know, a version of the Bad Seed or, mm-hmm. you know, something okay. along those lines. I, it, there's nothing new that they're going to show me. So I was... Uh, I was hesitant on seeing it, and I'll yeah. tell you, I think I had to go somewhere with my wife, and we started watching it just because it happened to be on TV. I caught it in the beginning, and we started watching right. it. We were almost going to be late. It was like, uh, so do, do we like pause it? Do you think it's still going to be paused before we leave? Like, sure. We got into it, and uh, it was a surprise to both of us that it was so well done. It wasn't what it looked like on the surface. It was something completely right. different. And we enjoyed it. When I heard that they were making a prequel, I'm like, come on. How is how it are a you prequel? It's not a prequel. It's right? a prequel. First kill. Oh. It's see, a that's weird because they're yeah. using the same person. So how does that work? So perspective shots and uh oh. the, I think there's a couple of moments where I'm like, that's that's like a stand in, that's a body double right there because that's like a little <laughs> right. girl compared to what you know ms uh Furman looks like and mm-hmm. in, in, she's in her 20s or something like that now i think she's, yeah i would imagine because yeah. she was pretty young for the first one but you know it, yeah. those things always go varying degrees you could be 25 playing a 13 year old exactly so I, I never know and i think yeah. she was in one of the hunger games uh movies at one point mm-hmm. so you know, she grew up, so I'm like, how are they going to do this? And right. uh, again, it, it's one of those things where you don't know what to expect, but knowing that what the future comes with this character, you're like, okay, I'm waiting. The first half of the movie, there's like nothing going on. It's, it's all set up. 
like a little too right. long for the setup. And sure. then suddenly it goes. It it gets into this aspect of it that you're like, what the hell am I watching? Uh, yeah. Some people compare it to Malignant, you know, how it's like that crazy of a movie. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's up there, but I actually prefer this over Malignant because Malignant right. just... I don't know what that was trying to do. She only has one side of her face. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's all inside. It's it's all the mental crazy person. Um Yeah. I'm sorry to use the C word. Uh we don't we don't say <laughs> yes. crazy now. I'm sorry. But yes, um, you're so offensive. Yeah. Hey, mental health. <laughs> As I said the word suicide pact a million times, <laughs> I giving no trigger yeah. warning. Yeah. But it was uh it was like I think the second half of it was pure shock. Of like, yeah. they're going it. They're going there. They're going this direction, and right. uh, it it kind of like suck you in. But like the first half, you're like, okay, all right, we get it. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And then it happens, yeah. and you're like, holy crap, what am I watching? And then it uh, it all gets tied up nicely into a, a bow at the end. Right. But um, I don't love prequels in general. But you same. know what works for prequels? Horror weirdly yeah. because you know because you're rooting for the villains more often than not so yeah. you don't care who if they survive or not you yeah. know like, so you, if they just go like they accomplish their murder spree and then they're like cool see you next time we're like yay yeah. <laughs> you know because <laughs> we're twisted people especially here in america so yeah. I, i'm sure that wouldn't bother me as much as say so many of these prequel series or movies that we've gotten in the last few years because we're just ripping up ip everywhere yeah oh was there anything that bothered you in the whole prequel aspect of it like i know we kind of talked about her look being the same person but yeah outside of uh, that you know some of that was kind of jarring to look and i'm just like okay that's another person okay yeah because she's not in a hockey mask so you have to try to do your best yeah yeah exactly like you know you're like, okay, she's playing a nine-year-old and she's in her 20s. Um, right. You know, and you can do that with a kid or, you know, someone yeah. that's closer to age. You, you can flub a couple years, but like, sure. come on, you know, you're, you're talking uh, 15 to 20 year difference. Yeah, we were the age level where every high schooler was 30 years old. Yes. Uh, for every movie and TV series we've ever seen. So we're okay with certain thresholds, but going in reverse gets a little difficult. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I will say, like, for a good portion of it, I'm trying to remember how it all tied to the first orphan. Um, right. I'm like, wait a minute. How did she get put in the facility if all this happened in this first one? And, right. uh, you know... Once you start, you know, pulling the thread, then it turns into it's like, oh man, that was terrible. But right. like, it, it, suspension of disbelief is, you know, check it at the door because it's right. it's really, I don't know. It, it was meant to be fun, and that's what yeah. it was. It was, uh, you know, don't don't look at too deeply into this. And how's my girl Julia Stiles doing? Because I haven't seen Lovely. her in a minute. Lovely yeah. as always. I I, I always had an affinity for her. I, I just, she, she's like, uh, she's that girl that like, oh man, she's out of my league, but attainable. You yeah. Know? She's like that brassy girl from your neighborhoods. Who's too, too good for you. Yep. Yeah. 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 And, and she is, and she plays that well. I mean, she's always been there with like, 
you know, her character in Born being like quietly like the smartest person in the room <laughs> or the only person who can kind of wrangle them in. Then yeah. obviously all the teen movies like your 10 Things I Hate About You or Save the Last Dance or something. She definitely follows that up. And then, you know, she's a Mona Lisa smile being in, in the in the smarty pants yep. classes and everything else. So she she's always had that vibe or those characters down pat. So is she so what is she in this? She is uh, an affluent mom of previously of two until right. you know Esther comes back into yeah. the fold. She, and they're from uh, Darien, Connecticut. Oh, so I was just like, ooh, Connecticut. Where all the privileged people are exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like looking. <laughs> I say around. that, and I had relatives who live in Darien, so don't. But that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm looking through. around. Like yeah. that doesn't look like anywhere. In Connecticut, I you know I'm sure it's Canada, <laughs> obviously, but uh, yeah, like there's yeah. a scene where they go to uh, a train station, and I'm just like, that's not New Haven, that's not even yeah. Darien, that's not the platform to for Darien. Yeah, yeah, um, we're too much on the inside on that one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But uh, you know, whatever it serves its purpose, and you know, the other 49 states are like, we we don't know what you're talking about. So right. Well, I'm glad um, she's back in the fold, though. But yeah. what would you uh, what would you grade it? I guess. So I think I said this before. Uh, this is one of those movies where on Letterboxd I would give it a two and a half because, like I said, the first half serves nothing. It, it's just like right. whatever. But I would heart it. You know, it, it's okay. one of those things. It's like I didn't hate it at a two and a half. I liked it right. at a two and a half. Interesting. So. I'm one of those people like I, I can't say I even liked it unless I'm at a three. But hey, man, we all but, have our grades. We all have our things. But that's so the thing. Like I'm with you. A three to me says that you liked it. Like you don't even have to put the heart. You liked it. A three is yeah. is a three. It's more than a Rotten Tomato score. Right. Yeah. All right. That's I fair. Know. I mean, and again, and this movie is getting a currently a 3.0 letterbox. So it's interesting that you're like championing it, but you're at less than what people are giving it. So that's that's yeah. the only reason why I'm giving you the business. Otherwise, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I would actually I would do the double feature. I haven't caught the first orphan, yeah. but it sounds like it would be a well worth venture to do the double tip. And, uh, and how would you yeah. watch that? How would how do you think you should watch? Yeah, that? I hate that fucking conversation. Right? I'd watch it in sequential order because I want to have the audience experience. Yes. I don't want to do. It. I, I I don't I don't follow that shit. I don't care. It's not like you know. I'm like, oh man, I love Silence of the Lambs, but I'm not gonna start there. Fuck off. I'm not yeah. doing that. I'm not going back and watching. You know, Manhunter. either Red Dragon or Manhunter or whatever version of the prequel version. Go to hell. I'm not doing that. I don't care. I'm going straight to the lambs and, and then working my way around. Yeah, yeah. Because you got to establish the best version of the character, or you would hope the best version of the character, and then go from there. Because they made it with that in mind, to get to know this person. Right. You know? So right. that's where I stand. Good. Um, But, yeah. No, I'm glad you liked it. I definitely want to check those out. Like we said, Orphan is playing for free-ish. You pay a subscription yeah. on Paramount Plus, or you can... Uh, check it out on Prime Video for rental. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up with the Netflix version here. We're on Me Time, uh, which talking about people like Julia Stiles, who I was like, man, good to see them back in the fold. The only reason why, even though I didn't enjoy the trailer for this movie, the only reason why I had a little bit of hope was because of the director of the film, John Hamburg, uh, who for a while there, was crushing it with studio comedies 
Um, he is the director of Meet the Parents. He was the director and co-writer on Zoolander. He was the writer-director of I Love You, Man. This guy knows how to make a comedy. And, of yeah. course, he made the the Meet the Parents sequels, and those have various forms of enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely not as good as the first one, but, you know, I'm sure everyone's watched at least a Meet the Fockers, let alone not the Little Fockers or whatever have you. Um, but those three movies, though, excellent choices. And he's even had other ones that have varying levels of, of success. But those three are some of my favorite comedies of the last 20 years in general. So, like, that, it's an impressive list for John Hamburg. So when I see, and I'm going to say this, Shaking my head. This movie has in a single digit Rotten Tomato score. I haven't seen that in a very long time. I don't know if it Ooh. fully deserves that much of a beatdown. It's not a good movie. But an eight, an eight. Not a wow. 30 where you'd be like, I know this is bad, whatever. An eight. Yeah. Eight. Ooh. Nobody likes this movie. Uh, it has a 23 meta score of 5 IMDb, which is remarkable if you look at the rest of it, and a 2.2 letterbox. So, wow. The thrashing on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie does not bode well. Um, I don't know if we've talked about Kevin Hart stuff, I guess. Like, maybe, I don't know, did we cover Man from Toronto yes, on this we did. podcast at all? We did. Okay. Because yeah. yep, um, I know you guys weren't a fan of it. You hated that one, too. And to be honest, like, I haven't really been on the biggest side of Kevin Hart's comedies over the years. He's probably best with a rock or being like that kind of sidekick thing. Um, in this one, he is Sonny Fisher. He's a dad who finds time for himself for the first time in years while his wife and kids are away. He reconnects with a friend for a wild weekend. That friend is Mark Wahlberg, who plays, wait for it, Huck Dembo. That's a fucking name. Um, they couldn't just do anything normal. It has to be Sonny Fisher and Huck Dembo. That's a, that's a reach. A um, couple other good people in this. Andrew Santino, I think, is the only funny thing about this movie. He is in there as Alan Geller, who is like kind of like a PTA parent friend in this. Ah, uh, gosh, I, uh, I I put my thoughts all online. I, I wrote the review for my uh, play Pause or Stop column on what's on Netflix. So I can kind of like set it aside, but it is not a good movie. It is not even uh, a a good version of the conceit that they have, because I don't even think that their friendship is even well established, let alone that they're good for each other, that it's even a good use of his me time. It just, this movie wants to rush so quickly to the dumb spectacles and stunts that they have set up instead of actually making some kind of plausible chemistry because there is no good chemistry between Hart and Wahlberg for most of the movie. Um, it, it relies on way too many other things. Um, <laughs> Chris, I know you actually watched this all the way through. Shane, I know you got the full experience because you fell asleep. That is everybody's experience. We just plowed through it at some point. But yeah. Chris, because you did the whole nine yards, I'll let you go first. What did you think of me time? Oh, my God. Uh, I just I, – I had this one big problem right off the bat, and uh, it wasn't, you know, the fact that I saw this trailer and said, what the hell 
am again myself yeah. into. Yeah. But you are establishing that Kevin Hart's character, Sonny, does everything. He's like the perfect uh, parent. You know, he's yeah, he's uh, a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, stay-at-home dad. He, he's the glue guy. Yeah, he he has everything under tight control, tight control. Yeah. And his wife, played by Regina Hall, the lovely Regina Hall. Um, yes. She, Who is, by the way, way too funny to be a nothing in this movie. Right. And she was. And and here she is. I don't I don't care who you are, but all moms have that thing. That that they it's instinct. They know yeah. just as much as their partner, if not more. Now she's but there, a at least woman. there's a a basic level. There's a baseline mom. Even the shitty ones at least know right. life or death. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, with her, she's uh, she's a, a go getter. She's uh, an architect or some type of yeah, like a designer, some kind designer. of yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. So she's all business. She's trying to you know make this client happy uh, slash boss whatever, and she's too busy to you know know who her kids are and what their needs are and. And Kevin is there with like an EpiPen and she's like, wait a minute, why do you need an extra EpiPen? You know, like right. what parent does that? Like you should know right. your kids' allergies at least. Right. You know, stuff yeah. like that. And I was just like, are you really going to do this to her as a character? And then as you pointed out, Andrew, like we're supposed to believe that this is a friendship that that is so tight that uh, Huck can talk Sonny into anything and you know they can go on this grand adventure i was just like come right. on get off yourself yeah if you're gonna start with a flashback scene maybe go younger yeah go something to where you can make this like an intimate kid thing establish it over time maybe a montage of birthdays because it's leading into a birthday celebration yeah something they do one birthday thing yep they're already well into their 30s what have you and it's no like yeah doing stunts and doing stupid stuff but it didn't teach me a whole lot about the relationship it was just so quick to getting kevin hart to you know fly in a in a wingsuit like he's fucking batman over yeah. a gorge or whatever yeah. so I, I i i didn't care it didn't get me into the chemistry like i said you you're right it, it's angering right from jump And it also does the thing, and Shane, I don't know how far you got, buddy, so it's tough for me to, like, kind of kick it over to you, but the the fact that they went and did the everybody's funny thing again, every fucking character, the thing that drives me the, I've said it a million times on this podcast, studio comedies these days where it's like everybody has to have a quirk, a laugh line, where nobody could just be a fucking human being. Uh, you know, and and move have like real scenes. The the one that drove me crazy in this one, the breaking point was probably the parents of Regina Hall. Yeah. Where it's like they just have to be. Uh, I was working on an erotic novel, and now I publish. I'm like, stop, yeah. stop. We don't need. We don't need this. We don't need it. Oh, and it's based on your sex life. Of course it is. And and get into detail. Sure. Why not? Stop it. Stop fucking doing that. that and, that's a carryover from Meet the Fockers. It right? is. I mean, in a way, yeah. 
So, so yeah, Barbara Streisand, yeah. the the sex positive uh, guru kind of thing. Yeah, you know, just like know. okay, we seen. I it. know, but again, why are those movies less successful than even Meet the Parents? Because De Niro plays at least for him being funny. He's a straight man funny. He's he's kind of like this evasive thing, you know, and you have a cat peeing in a toilet. It's always fun. Um, right. But, you know, I'll forgive the cat. But, you know, there's plenty of other characters who are like only put into odd situations versus being like they all have some level of quirk. Like his his fiance isn't funny. You know, he, I guess he's very comfortable with making the the women, the wives or or to be wives, fiance is not funny. Uh, poor John Hamburg. But, yeah. you know, but this movie just didn't have it. Shane, how far did you get before you uh, fell asleep? Because I envy you that you fell asleep yeah. and didn't go back. Uh, like 15, 20 minutes. I was wow. out. Oh. Wow. So, so they didn't even go on their adventure yet. Okay. Yeah. No, you didn't I, see I Naked Mark Wahlberg or whatever? No. That being said, I'm weirdly still going to watch it, even though it's of 8% course you are. on Rotten Tomato. Wow. And as much because now it's a train wreck. It, now it's a car crash yeah. that you have to like yeah, go I back and see. I have to see what the hell's going on, right? Necking. So yeah, I know, I know. But so I am going to eventually watch it this week, and then uh, I don't know. That's where my life is, guys. I told you. I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's just where I'm at hey, right now, man. You son of a bitch! You are not watching it this weekend. You are going to be in Connecticut with us, so you are not watching that thing at all, you motherfucker. You watch that tomorrow. <laughs> It will not be on. I will, you know, black out Chris's subscriptions. <laughs> I will do whatever it takes to where you will not watch that I can movie. Black it out myself. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Andrew, what you. you do? <laughs> I can't. Get I am in. the glue, Chris. I am the person. You are the Regina Hall. <laughs> You're that go getter who's not home, and I'm home blacking out subscription things so Shane doesn't watch <laughs> and things that are bad choices for him on many levels, God. not just me time. Uh, but yeah, um, if anything, I the only thing I regret about this movie is, besides watching it, is that I didn't put it as a stop. I put it as a pause because, to me, I didn't think it was any worse than other shitty Kevin Hart ones. So, for me, I was like, if you're a Kevin Hart fan, you're probably fine with this movie. I think and that's, what, that's, that's why the I was line like, that you said in your article. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But because it's true. Yeah. But that's why I don't like his movies a lot anyway. They're not good. This is damn near right in that same, you know, I'm a fish out of water. I'm just putting weird situation things that he does repeatedly. Man from Toronto, he did it back to back now. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. and night school wasn't that long before that. And yeah, oh, he's just always playing that like tiny knucklehead, you know, or like guy putting himself in bad situations. So and, and I don't know. I have it to doesn't say, work for me. I'm not the huge Kevin Hart stand-up fan either. No, like, me neither. But I, has, I didn't want to get. Yeah. He had moments, you know. There, there's certain funny moments, but like he built a career off of that, and yeah. a partnership with The Rock. He's one of the smartest, nicest guys, uh, from what I hear, and everything else. Like yeah. he is very good in interviews and everything else i would never want to sandbag him the man makes his mark right. however i'm just not that into it so i don't begrudge people who are and comedy is so fickle because you can have the rabid fans who just get it and that's why he gets to make more of these but i'm just not there and i also don't know what the hell mark Wahlberg's doing these days 
<laughs> he's just completely off the rails, like doing, you know, this is a hop, skip, and a jump from Spencer Confidential, which didn't work. And, you know, he's just, he keeps dialing up. I don't love him in comedies outside of ones that are done by professionals. Like, yeah. the, the other guys is Perfect. fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's a awful or excuse me it's an awesome movie and even the people who are fans of ted or something yes. knock yourself out because that is again a pro who knows how to do jokey 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 in the right way has been doing it for decades i don't know it works on me but this one and these type of movies just don't do it for me well that's the other thing like uh you it, it also depends like you, you can't put it all on john hamburg only I because <laughs> no only because you have you have people that are good at improv. You know, sure. I love you, man. Uh, you know, he's working with Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller knows how to you know make awkward things funny. Uh, he finds the laughs where other people don't. You know, so that's a good partnership. I don't yeah. think Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Hart have that. No. You know, uh, in improv... It's a bad casting. They have no chemistry. They had to have known that early, but they're probably like, well, we have these guys. And it's produced by Kevin Hart. So he's going to pick his guy. And Regina Hall, they've been in seven movies together. So she's going to be there because they like each other. In improv, you know, it's not a one person, you know, look at me, look at me. It's a group effort. And I feel like Kevin Hart is always, look at me, look at me. You have to reel it back a bit. You have to be sometimes the straight man. You you know, you have to let others breathe. Yeah. You know, you can't yeah. suck out or all trust the, air. the writing in some re- shape or form. Yeah. You know, be in on that. You know, yeah. so that's why it's it's tough to adapt. Because again, it, it, I don't know if this is heavy improv type of movie. I'm sure there's some. Yeah. I could kind of tell. Um, and I know I heard Andrew Santino on Two Bears, One Cave, and he was talking about him being on this movie with him and whatever. And, you know, I guess he's kind of talked about doing some improv or kind of like hamming stuff up or whatever. But yeah. I thought he did it pitch perfect. I thought he knew what movie he was in. And yeah. I think he was one of the only ones. <laughs> so I don't know. And shout out to Seal, who gets to make a cameo in uh, here. Cause... Spoiler alert. <laughs> whatever it's not <laughs> it's really not it's one of the like worst <clears throat> hidden things sorry Someone's at least i'm shouting it. at us right now yeah <laughs> i i can't ruin a movie that has an eight rotten tomato score can't do it can't do it it's virtually impossible uh, should we should we be should we have been as hard on the streamers as we were on kind of like the the theater experience for the summer because this uh the netflix didn't have a great summer either there wasn't a lot of like great streaming options. I'm glad that we got at least a cu- two out of the three on this one. That's good. Yeah. Or, or excuse me, two out of four. Sorry, I forgot to include Samaritan on this. But so, you know, 50-50 prop on that is probably better than what I've been getting for streaming returns lately. Yeah, if it wasn't for Hulu and uh, HBO Max this year, it would have been a terrible, terrible streaming year. But I feel like those two in particular kind of lifted some of my watching experience, whether it's through their own original movies or their shows. Cause like we, we've been on the Hulu tip for a while now. Oh yeah. And uh, with um, on the count of three, just solidifies them even further in my mind with the strong shows that they have. So down year for Netflix, Amazon prime middling stuff, you know, but for me it was HBO max and Hulu that just carried 
this year so far or summer? I'll say down year for Netflix, but again, because they suffer from their own problem of like they have far too many things. And so when the, the ratio is bad, which it has been, that's when you're going to get it. But if I held up Stranger Things, Sandman, Hustle, you know, next to like Hulu's, you know, Prey on the count of three and then whatever they got from the FX partnership. I guess like that's at least close, you know, so I guess it's it's varying degrees, you know, because Correct. it's just Correct. that Hulu isn't with stuff every single week like Netflix or multiple things every week like Netflix is. So it's tough. And HBO Max, I'm now scared that uh, David Zaslav is going to cut everything I love. Uh, so, you know, and whatever they're doing on the movie side is just borderline confusing. But at least things like Peacemaker and other things that we enjoyed seem to be coming back. Chris, you think we're we're being too light on them, too too hard on them? How's your streaming summer been? Uh, twenty twenty two is is, is <laughs> uh, it's tough. It really is. It's like you know we're we're you know as we said we're getting out of the pandemic. We're you know things are kind of leveling out. Some people aren't. Uh, ready to take that plunge back into movie going movie releases uh tv shows are now coming out of being on hold you know we're still in a state of flux but overall uh i I feel at some point it's gonna break at some point maybe in the the fall slash winter of this year things will pick up but as of now it just seems like you know, like we we said in our our first half, you know, yeah. we struggled to find the things that we liked, just right. the things that we liked that we wanted to watch that we were interested in. Yeah. Now, you know, we've gone through it, we've seen it, and we're like, okay, we saw it. Yeah. You know, nothing was like, oh my god, we saw it. They should make more of that. Uh, yeah. Nothing, and by the way, uh, Disney Plus, I'm letting them off the hook in this conversation when we've been ripping them yeah. left and right. And, and, you know, I don't even know what I would like when I rattled off the Netflix things that they did over the summer. I can't hold anything of Disney Plus next to them to be like, well, at least they had this. So, <sighs> you know, and Paramount, I've it- covered more positive experiences on. <laughs> On here between you bringing up uh orphan first kill yeah uh we covered beavis and butthead yeah. uh jerry and marge go large like at least there's some fun and some um, good things on paramount there but yikes you know disney just killing me we haven't touched she hulk i know we'll Ugh. get there folks there's yeah. a lot of a lot of shows going on i'm watching house of the dragon we just wrapped up uh uh by the way i should have said this for hulu Another good season, maybe a, a lesser season two than the first season, but yeah. only murders in the building wrapped up, and we all seem to enjoy that. So you yes. can kind of be like champion Hulu with that too. So I, I did leave that out, but um, but yeah, there's more to come. You know, House of the Dragons going right now. Lord of the Rings comes out this weekend, uh, so that's a, a big property for Amazon, who at least they had. You know, obviously, if you didn't like Samaritan, at least we were able to talk Terminalist and some other uh, products. I'm trying to think if they had anything else we covered over the summer. That wasn't really summer, though. Yeah, but it was early. But, yeah, yeah, they still had uh, a good amount of stuff, though. But, yeah, 
definitely TV is going to be heavy in the next little bit here with Andor comes out. I know Chris is out, so I don't know what we're going to cover for it here. Uh, Lord of the Rings, I think, you know, you guys are iffy on the fantasy stuff. So, uh, and then House of the Dragon, I know Shane's a Game of Thrones guy. So maybe we'll, we'll all bring something about that soon. But I think we want to kind of let those shows establish themselves a little bit before we kind of talk. Right. And like we said, Shane, you're coming into town, baby. So I don't even know. We're going to do an actual in-person recording, which will be the first at, at what, number 22 next week for episodes. Yeah, That'll be wild. Um, and, yeah, who knows? Maybe that's when we start our fall preview. I don't know what we got cooking. So um, definitely a lot of things going on right now. Uh, are you guys looking forward to anything specific? Like if you had to pick one thing in the next few weeks here? Surprisingly for me, it is Lord of the Rings like that trailer okay. and I, again, I'm not in the fantasy, but that trailer just nailed it for me. And uh, yeah, so that one's got me all in on that one. OK, Chris, anything I'm a little further ahead? I, I not not anything that's coming out in the next few weeks, but uh, I will say Wakanda forever. I'm more curious because yeah, we got a while for that one. Sure. That's the most secretive of the uh, MCU in quite some time now so i'm curious uh and hopefully it's done well yeah and um you know humble brag completely that i've already seen cobra kai season five i can't wait for you guys to watch it so we can all discuss that i know that's coming out in a couple weeks um but to me uh barbarian i've seen so many good reviews early i think early now it has like an eight point something on imdb now granted that's insane but they probably stacked the deck showing that movie to like all bit, you know, horror fans and whatever, yeah. and just let it try to build up. But even then it could be a piece of shit and they'll rip it too. So <laughs> the fact that it has such early good returns and I've seen it from like top critics, good returns. Okay. I can't wait to see it because there's little, very little known to it. The trailer did a nice, you know, keep the ball away kind of secretive thing with that. So I'm in, and that comes out, uh, you know, not this weekend, but the following weekend. So totally in on that. So maybe we'll do a nice horror episode coming soon because there's yeah. a bunch of those coming through between Barbarian. You got Pearl, the X prequel coming soon. And the invitation just came out this weekend. So or this past weekend. So yeah. a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Smile, all that. So yeah, maybe we'll, uh, yeah. maybe we'll touch on some horror before we get into the October season two, which has a lot of stuff with the uh, Midnight Club and everything else. Halloween ends. So, a lot to look forward to coming to the fall. Looking forward to Shane coming to town, and we get to have some fun in person. And I guess we'll see you guys next week on Recent Activity. <laughs>